Welcome to MI Insider, a show where Mercer Islanders give their perspectives on issues here at home and across the world. I'm Miles Avales, and my goal is to highlight the people behind the headlines. Now let's get into it. Here at Mercer Island High School, an art form new to our campus has arrived. Taught by Michael Ketchum, the media technology class teaches the art of film and video production. For Michael, it has been a long, winding road to get where he is now. Michael's career experience has been that of a true renaissance man. From being a nuclear supervisor for the U.S. Navy, to the senior program manager at All Recipes, to now, as a freelance producer and the teacher of media tech, Michael has demonstrated a unique desire to explore all life has to offer. I was lucky enough to sit down with Mr. Ketchum to have him walk us through the journey of his career. So you served in the Navy as a nuclear supervisor. How did you find yourself in that position? Well, yep, just uh, went to, I had a four-year ROTC scholarship, and then I, when I went into the Navy, I uh, trained at S1W, which is a, a submarine plant in Idaho Falls, and then all of my roommates trained on A1W, which was a aircraft carrier uh, plant in Idaho. And I, in the Navy's infinite wisdom, I went to an aircraft carrier, and they all went to subs. So I ended up being on the USS Enterprise, not the Starship, but uh, uh, the Enterprise has eight reactors, four plants, and I ended up in two plant. And after a number of years, I was the propulsion plant watch supervisor for two plant. Was that something that interested you for that time? Oh, no, I had no idea. I I don't think anybody thought of nuclear power at that time. Everything you'd ever heard of was... uh, you know, Chernobyl, well, I guess it wasn't even Chernobyl back then, but the Three Mile Island was kind of the number one thing that everybody knew about. So I had no idea about nuclear power, but uh, took the nuclear field qualification test and uh, aced it. So I ended up in the nuclear field without any planning or forethought. Did you enjoy your time in the military? Oh, I loved the Navy. It's like, uh, I mean, I've, I've made some of my lifelong and best friends in the Navy and, you know, got the opportunity to see, like, you know, Oh, you know, 10, 15 different countries that most people, you know, you never get out of your own backyard. So being able to go to you know, Hong Kong and Kowloon and Macau and Brazil and, and, and Mombasa, Africa and and Singapore and all those you know places that most people never even, you know, you, you might see on a map. It was, it was pretty cool. Pretty a lot of fun. Can you describe what went into the decision to eventually leave the Navy and what you went into after? Oh, I mean, after leaving them, I mean, I, after eight years, two months, 14 days, it was kind of, I, I thought at that time that I wanted to, you know, go back to college and, you know, I, I believe it or not, I thought I wanted to get a teaching certificate, wanted to teach math and physics in college, maybe high school, but I think at that time I was thinking college. But while I was going back to school, I was also bartending, I got promoted to manager and then got an opportunity to buy a restaurant franchise. And at that time, kind of compared the salaries of what teachers made and what a restaurant owner made and kind of went down the restaurant path. And so I owned a restaurant for five years. And after that, then I got out of that business and went into project management and started doing large telecom implementations in Dubai and New Zealand and uh, was you know, out of the country for a large period of the time doing doing that type of thing. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's interesting. What kind of restaurant was it? It was an Outback Steakhouse. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> 
What do you think it is about your personality that you just keep going from one thing to another? Well, to, to clarify, I mean, it's like, I, I remember growing up, and, you know, in, in an era where your your parents kind of stayed with one job for twenty years. Like my dad was, you know, at, at Pueblo Star Journal in Chieftain for forever, and then. But I mean, I've done these things. I kind of stick around for you know, seven to eight years, and then it's time to just kind of time to try something different. Uh, I mean, especially kind of in today's environment where loyalty kind of, you know, for most environments, is, if you stay somewhere for two to three years, you're a loyal employee. So I, I've stuck around for, you know, anywhere from seven to eight for most of them. And then it's kind of, I don't know, I just want to try something new. I just, I'm not a, I'm a glass, I'm not even a glass half full kind of guy. I'm a glass full all the time. And even if it's not full, I like to think that it's refillable if it's not. So it's trying something different, trying to be challenged all the time. After I've done something for seven or eight years, it's like, okay, what else is on there? What else can I do? And it kind of always, I think it always helps you stay young. So you owned a restaurant and then you went into the data industry, you said? It was project management and program management. The first part was for Zoll Data. So with Zoll Data, I kind of headed up a PMO and we did implementation projects for fire, EMS, and you know, police dispatch and the billing and tablets and all that type of thing. Did that for seven years. I moved out here to Seattle area and for two years I worked for VeriSign and that was doing large telecom implementations like for Do and T-Mobile and, and uh, you know uh, Verizon and things like that including Vodacom in, in England but after two years I kind of went over to allrecipes.com started their PMO but a year into it the president said we need video and as you know there's no room for it on the roadmap so figure it out so, yeah, 14 years ago, I started video at All Recipes, and by the time I left All Recipes, we'd done over 6,000 videos, won a bunch of uh, uh, kind of awards for tellies and stuff like that. And then after seven years there, I went to Fexi, started the Fexi Studios arm, and then by the time I left there, we'd won some webbies, some tellies, doing you know videos and tele- uh, television shows for Go-, Go USA, Brand USA, for Visit Florida. And then just a myriad of other clients like Red Bull and American Heart Association. And so that was kind of my introduction into video. Never done it before, but that's never stopped me so far. So so you were you were essentially like in charge of the film for these two companies? Well, for all recipes, it was, you know, the preponderance of what we did was, you know, recipe videos. So, you know, you know we made like 6,000 recipe videos. But we did shows. We did a show called What's Cooking, where I traveled all over the United States cooking in people's kitchens. We did 40 one or 42 episodes of me going into people's homes and they would show me how to cook the recipe that they were known for on all recipes. So that show was kind of that first foray into, you know, cooking shows. Then it came back and then it was just start, you know, adding content for our, for our website. You know, we have all these, you know, we had thousands and hundreds of thousands of recipes and, you know, it's okay, we're going to now have a different platform, a different piece of real estate for how to, and this was at the time, too, when recipe or videos were kicking off. So people are watching their iPhones on the way home, sometimes for education, sometimes just for inspiration and aspiration. Like you're riding the bus home and you want to look and see how somebody cooked something. So we would do the videos for that. Yeah. And it sounds like you pretty much just learned on the fly how to do all this video stuff. Is that accurate? Very accurate. How was that? Uh, I love it. I mean, it's kind of the way that's been my kind of my uh uh, my model for, uh, I always kind of joked in the classroom about, you know, and 
back when I was in high school, back when I was in college, even still uh, before the Internet was really big, if you had to study something, you had to write a paper, you had to write an essay, you went to the library. And you had these things called encyclopedias. And let's say you wanted to, I was going to write a paper on the queen, so I'd have to go or write an essay on the queen. I'd have to go check out the, but you'd get to the library and find out that the, the book queue was already checked out. So you were, you were kind of you were screwed. It's like, what else were you going to do? Now you've got the internet. You can find thousands of people have already done it before you. That You know, you, you can surf YouTube and find you know, six different ways to learn a new technique or a new uh, skill. I mean, at all recipes, there weren't a lot of videos. We were kind of being, we were kind of at the front. I mean, our main competition, I think, at that time was Food Network, and those were live productions of you know, famous chefs cooking in the Food Network kitchen, and we were just doing it from an apartment in, uh, you know, in Queen Anne. We were doing cooking recipes and doing videos and hiring food stylists and a film crew to, to shoot it all in there. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun just learning and doing it. Even I think after I started video there, one of the first things we did was a live cooking show to do Thanksgiving from the kitchen of all recipes. And, you know, this was trying to figure out live streaming before there was much technology in it as well. Now you can just hook up to OBS and, you know, you're hooked up to, you know, hooked up to YouTube in 30 seconds and you're ready to broadcast live. That wasn't the case then. So there was a lot of, a lot of learning, but I don't know. I, I thrive on that. Give me something new. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you, how were you considered for these jobs, given that you didn't have experience in the video industry? I mean, you probably have to ask my, my bosses, but it's like, even when we started, it's like, I mean, I, I've built websites. I've got some number one websites out there. Uh, I think it's just everything that I've done and everything I've shown just kind of demonstrates that I don't know, I'm, no challenge is too big. It's like, give me something to do. I'll figure it out. But I guess I never asked myself that why 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 the president thought that I could just jump into video and figure it out. But but we did so. And then again, when I went to Fexi, there was the same people that had left all recipes went and started Fexi. And then a year after that, they brought me over. So hopefully by then I'd proven that I could do it. And and, and again, some of the awards that we've won and everything else with the the original concept shows and things like that you know, was just proof and demonstration. Yeah, absolutely. Can you describe what you're doing occupational-wise these days? Well, I left Fexi in, uh, back in April, and since then I've been doing freelance. I've been doing some instructional design uh, video work for the University of Washington. I'm still doing a lot of work for uh, uh, different companies. A lot of it's proprietary, so I can't list them all, but I do a lot of custom videos for those. Uh, still do a lot of commercials. Uh, finished producing a... 13-episode uh, show for PBS uh, with uh, Misha Collins from Supernatural fame. I was a consulting producer on that project. And now just a lot of, you know, private work. And, and now I get to teach here at Mercer Island High School. I get to teach media technology and filmmaking and storytelling, which is a lot of fun. So it's kind of, kind of really unique that, you know, 20, 30 years ago I was going to become a teacher and that path vastly diverged. And now here it comes all around back full circle where I get to teach and and I get to teach something I learned all the way in the middle there, which I wasn't planning on teaching. And, and, and albeit, it's probably a lot more fun teaching storytelling and filmmaking and in the media technology. Not not a bad word against teaching math or physics, but it's like it's a it's a different different crowd, a different group, and but it kind of leverages all of those things. So I'm enjoying it. How did this opportunity come to be with you teaching the media tech class? 
Well, that I can probably thank Jen McClellan and the administrative staff here. The, you know, I did some interviews with uh, Nick Wold and Jennifer McKellen. But while we were at FEXI, kind of got thrown into doing the uh, – got invited. Let me, let me rephrase that. Got invited to shoot the documentary all in for the Mercer Island Marching Band going to the Rose Festival and the Rose Parade. And, and uh, uh, Normally, you know, we'd start a documentary way back at the beginning, back when it started. But we, we kind of started that a couple weeks before – they went to, you know, to Pasadena and to shoot that, but uh, got to be an executive producer on that and film that and got to meet, you know, the band, got to meet some incredible instructors here, you know, Parker Bixby and, and Kyle and just meeting that group and then going down there with the band. It was such an incredible group of kids and filming that and then, you know, kind of all hands on deck after that, building it and kind of fleshing that out and creating that documentary and working with Jen McClellan, you know, as the band mom and the band administrator through all of that. So, and she talked about it then. It'd be great. And it's finally, you know, three, four years later after COVID, the opportunity came and I jumped at it and she threw things over the wall at me and I was here I am today. It's a blast. Could you describe what this class that you're teaching is all about and what kind of projects that the students work on? Well, originally I think it was, it was straight media tech. So, you know, the, the, the goal was, you know, teach them the platforms and prepare people, you know, for careers in, in media technology. And so that's, you know, the Adobe suite of project products that could be uh, Da Vinci, uh, that type of thing. But I didn't want it to really kind of stop there. It's like, you know, I don't want you just to learn how to use Adobe Premiere. It's like, if you, in the end, you still want to be able to, to tell stories and then to use and leverage those tools to tell your stories and, you know, to give, to give a voice to the students, you know, so you've got this tool, but the tool's not enough if you don't have the ability to leverage it and kind of tell a story, whether it's your story or somebody else's story. And it's not for everybody. Not everybody in the class is going to be a story, you know, storyteller or a filmmaker. I have people in the class that they they just want to learn to edit, and that's great. And it's like we can leverage that and point them in that direction. But there's other people that want to tell stories and, and be artists in film and stuff like that. So that you know, that's the part that I love as well. So in the class now, that's what we're doing. It's like some of the projects I created this year, the 92nd Film Fest, the 92nd Film Festival. So that's open to anybody at Mercer Island High School and even uh, uh, Islander Middle School. If you can come up and create a 92nd film, whether that's in, you know, whether that's a drama, that's a comedy, whether that's a PSA, you know, that's wide open to everybody. And I'm you know, available at any time to help you know, people that maybe don't have that background to kind of build that. Other projects that they're doing, we're creating PSAs. We created a bicycle safety video for the Mercer Island Police Department already. And so right now, the biggest project that they're all working on is, you know, is whether it's a PSA or an interview or an, an individual project that they have identified. And then the next big project will be their uh, their 90-second film. And then uh, we got a few people working on a project. We're going to do a documentary on uh, the creation of Greece. And so uh, one of the students, Cam, is kind of leading up that project, and that's going to be his big uh, capstone project before the end of the year to do a documentary on the creation of Greece. Really? seems like there's a lot of individual freedom in this class to pursue what you want to do. Uh, what they want to do, but yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might ask some of them. It might be what I want to do, but yeah, what they want to do. Yeah. So here at 88.9 The Bridge, our radio program just ha- used to have just a few students, and I think that's pretty similar to the position that your class finds yourself in. Uh, now the radio station has over 100 students, and we're able to do a lot of different things because of that. 
what kind of vision do you have for the media tech class in the years to come? Well, it definitely is. I mean, Joe, the you know, Joe Bryant, who heads up the the radio program, it's like he's uh, maybe my idol in this sense that he started with eighteen students as well, and then he's grown it. I would love to grow this into, you know, like right now it's beginning and stuff like that. But if they're able to, I mean, as you know, we're also doing. We created mihs.tv and we do a weekly broadcast called The Current. Stay current with the current, but it's you know television, and so that you can check that out on mihs.tv, but. I would love that to grow to where, you know, it's, it could even be a daily program, you know, where you're immediately shooting and editing and, and putting that up daily for for, for consumption. Uh, right now, you know, with a smaller group of students, that's not quite possible, which is why we do it weekly. But, yeah, that was a, a much larger program where people are, you know, you know, supporting Mercer Island as a whole, you know, supporting the district, creating videos. We've been asked to create videos for the Mercer Island School District board meetings. So that's coming up on November 10th where we're going to start kind of creating content for that. But to where it's a much bigger, much larger scope where we're creating video and telling stories, you know, for all different things, you know, island-wide, you know, school-wide, et cetera, et cetera. That would be, that'd be a great thing to do. Now, finally, what is your pitch to a student that sees this media tech class on the course catalog and is wondering whether or not they should do that? What are they going to get out of the class? First thing I just say, what are you waiting for? Uh, but no, it's a, I mean, it's both an elective credit and it's also an arts credit. So, you know, the, some programs may, you know, especially in CCR or CTE may just be that one career type credit. But this one also serves as an art credit. So you could take it twice if you wanted to. But I, I mean, I just think the elevator pitch for it is that it's just another, you know, when you, I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek as a kid, but, you know, start, and I'm dating myself here, but they had their chess boards where you had 3D chess. You know, so you didn't just play it on a two-dimensional. You know, video kind of gives you, a, you know, that extra three-dimensional way of, I don't know, showing your art, you know, kind of exploring, you know, a different dimension of what you can do. It's like, I mean, you might have radio, you might have you know, paper, you might be an artist, you might do collage on, you know, you might do collage work. But still a lot of that is two-dimensional. Radio is not. The video gives you that chance to, okay, now I can... I can do graphic graphic arts, but I can leverage them into media arts, and and it allows you to do public speaking. I mean, you have that avenue. It's like, did you want? Do you want to be a, a, a broadcaster? Do you want to be an anchor? Do you want to be behind the scenes? Do you want to be a producer? Do you want to be just the director, not just the director, but do you want to be the director? Are you more interested in you know? Being, there's just so many different available. You know, it's, you know, you can be a gaffer, you can be a lighting specialist. The the, the field is so deep. And so I was like, you can come into that class and kind of identify what you want to learn and we just give you some. But it also, there's some studies out there that show that even just studying in, you know, these career type classes make you a better student overall too. Just they teach you how to work with teams, uh, that type of thing. So there's so much to learn in just in this one class. It seems like when you're teaching video and learning video, that's, that's a really important skill to have given that everything you see these days is on video. Well, it is, and it's not, and it's kind of funny too because you're not just learning video because there's just so many parts to it. Like you're, I mean, you're learning storytelling, you're learning to, you know, work within a team because you've got deadlines, and you. I mean, and it prepares you, I think, ideally for what. I mean, you know, I always hated it when my dad said this, so please forgive me, students. But it prepares you for the real world. It's like you know, this is a job too. This isn't. You're learning the, the, the technique and the skill sets behind it, but you're also learning how to 
to produce something or produce it to timelines and produce it to the quality that your peers or your, you know, the companies that you're working for are looking for. Thank you so much, Mr. Ketchum, for sharing your story with us here on MI Insider. If you liked what you heard, you can listen to the show every Thursday at 7 a.m. on 88.9 The Bridge. Also, make sure you check out the MI Insider podcast so you can listen on demand. To access it, go to any podcast platform and type in MI Insider KMIH. I'm Miles Avales. Thanks for listening.